Discover beauty that pops with the new e.l.f. Cosmetics Jelly Pop Collection exclusively at Superdrug and Superdrug.com. Give your pout a shiny, sheer pop of colour for just £5 with the Jelly Pop Juicy Gloss infused with hyaluronic acid and coconut and avocado oils for extra lip hydration and available in three shades. Or the Jelly Pop Flush Brush for just £6. Pick between two shades of a jelly textured blush that blends seamlessly into the cheeks for a wash of colour and sheen. After all, your crush shouldn't be the only thing that makes you blush. Elf, for every eye, lip and face. Find it on superdrug.com now. Welcome back to another episode of The Beauty of It All. Think of us as the beauty-obsessed big sister that you've always wanted. Hosted by me, Vic Hope, with Superdrug, we take a backstage look at the beauty industry, the issues facing it, and all the new news that you've been craving, plus a whole host of celebrity guests and industry experts. Join us as we discuss issues such as how veganism is transforming the beauty world, the latest trends in skincare, and the influence of drag culture and makeup on the high street. Now today, we're talking about looking good and feeling good. Asking the question, are beauty and wellness blurring into one? Because more and more of us bounce from spin class to blow dry. We take supplements not only to feel better, but to look better too. Plus, some fitness studios even have beauty salons inside them. Who knew? Are beauty and wellness merging into one? Well, we've asked two fitness experts. We've got PT Alice Living, who is one of the most recognizable figures in the health and fitness world, using her social media channels to share motivational workouts, healthy recipes. I mean, Alice, you are a fitness influencer. You're a qualified personal trainer. And what you're... Your aim is to, I guess, properly educate and train people on diet, exercise. All of the above. Yeah. All of the above. In a healthy and happy way. Exactly. You've got three best-selling books, uh, a clothing range under your belt. I'm going to call you a triple threat. Ooh. I think there was a bunch more threats in there as well. <laughs> but triple threat is usually well, the, thank the term. thank you so much. I'll, I'll own it. I'll wear it. <laughs> uh, also joining us is body positivity activist Chessie King, who is just fantastic. You are an activist, a health and fitness blogger, and you use your platform to show that things online aren't always as they seem. Isn't that right? Oh, totally. I mean, I, I just hope that people see me in real life and go, yeah, she's not just using that Valencia filter to look good. Like, she actually looks like she does in real life and online. So, yeah. yeah. It's so important. And we're going to talk about the impact of your image online in just a bit as well. But first, I just want to talk more generally about the rise of the fitness influencer. Okay, Because mm. this is something that, for me, feels fairly recent um, in a space that used to be dominated by beauty, we're now seeing so many influencers online talking about health. Why do you think that is, Alice? I just think we've become a little bit obsessed with our health. Like, we want to live longer. We want to feel better. It's almost that elusive kind of, we can't put an actual definition on what health is to all of us. Yeah. And it, it means different things to different people. But, you know, exercise has really become lumped together with, like you said, beauty, well-being, wellness, all these kind of like buzzwords that we hear. Um, because it is something that can make you feel great. It can, um, you know, alter your appearance and t to a certain extent. People are just finding that it's like a, a thing that they really want to um, fit into their lifestyle now, which I guess maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago wasn't so much of a thing. You know, if you look at the rise of high street gyms, you've got your budget yeah. gyms now that are really catering to all sorts of different people rather than it being a very kind of like exclusive thing. Um, 
exercise has become far more accessible and therefore the rise of the fitness influencer is as a, a result of the appetite for people wanting to know what to do when they go to the gym or how to eat better, how to train effectively, how to do things properly as well, you know, things like form and stuff. So yeah, I think there's definitely an appetite for it. So it feels like looking good is a part of feeling good and feeling good is a part of looking good. Yeah, I think... Like, I certainly entered into the industry four years ago. Like, when I started doing what I was doing, my sole intention was to look good. And I, like, I, I was completely focused on how I wanted to change my body. So that's why you started working out, was because you wanted to look different, yeah. not because you cared about how it made you feel. Absolutely. And I think, like, you know, everyone's, everyone can go into... Like, I, I remember four years ago, I would probably say to myself, oh, yeah, I do feel better as well. And I did. But I think, like, my my top objective was to change the way that I looked right. and having gone through this whole and I hate to use the word because it does really make cringe me out but it has been a bit of a journey in terms of I've grown up a lot like I particularly from the age of like 20 to now I'm 26 I found over that period of time like my mindset's changed so differently and I realized that like for me as a trainer now having worked with it worked in the industry as a personal trainer for over four years my experience is that if you go in wanting to just change your appearance, it's a very short-lived goal and it's very kind of like um, pain versus pleasure and yeah. I don't think it necessarily delivers in terms of long-term motivation or actually long-term health either. And I think it's kind of, it's hard to say you like to, to, to ask people to change their opinion in terms of going in and wanting to feel better because how does that feel? That feels different to every person. But I think the more that we encourage people to exercise for the right reasons and not just to change the way they look. Look, I'm not saying that, you know, change the way you look, it shouldn't be a valid reason to exercise. It can be. And like, there are people out there that I'm sure will want to do that. But I do think that for the majority of people, focusing on the other benefits that exercise yeah. brings is way, way, way more important. It's going to give you more long-term um, goals. It's going to make mean that you have continued motivation rather than sort of doing something for a short period of time and then falling off the bandwagon as such. It never occurred to me when I was, I guess, 19 when I started going to the gym, that there was any element of feeling good about it. Mm -hmm. It didn't even cross my mind. I just went because I wanted to lose weight and get a bit more toned. And it's, I, I really think, flat, you know, fast forward 10 years, it's only very recently that the fact that it just makes me feel better yeah. has even played into the fact that I'm taking that time you know, four days a week to do it. But when I think back to when I was a kid, like, my mum literally, and, like, I remember everyone around us, you look at, like, all the weight loss DVDs, like, that was the message that was hammered home. And the only association that I had with exercise was that it was something that you did to lose weight. Yeah. I was never sporty at school, so I didn't really pick up on that, like, kind of sports environment where performance is slightly more promoted. So for me, it was literally, like... I want to change my body. I need to go to the gym to lose weight. And I think having that dangerous association between the two means that you kind of write off all of the other positive benefits that exercise can bring. So even if I just had to list them off, like improved mood, it's been shown to improve your mental health, reduce anxiety, yeah. improve bone health, um, improve posture. Like all of these kind of things are, are stuff that is really, really great. And so, you know, exercise is important, but like I said, it's doing it for the right reasons. And I think it's great that people like, you know, myself and there are a lot of others are talking about the other benefits that exercise can bring so that we widen the narrative and we get people to see that it's not just a weight loss tool. Well, Chessie, you're a perfect example of that because looking at your Instagram, 
some people might look at it and be like, oh, she's a fitness blogger because you're wearing leggings in a lot of it and you're doing yoga and you're doing, uh, you know, running and all sorts. But other people will look at it and not even, it wouldn't, they wouldn't even say that at all because so many of the comments and the captions and, and what you're, you're putting out there is about feeling really good and feeling confident and, and not letting negativity enter your life. So which is it for you or is it an amalgamation of the two? Um, I think it's really interesting because I, similarly to Alice, I started off with fitness being my main thing and that's what I really wanted to share with people on Instagram. And I went through a really extreme stage of being um, training for a bikini competition. And that for me was like a, a real challenge. It was almost like a science experiment with my body to see how much I could change my body in 18 weeks. Wait. Tell me what a bikini competition oh. is and what that involves and what you did and why you did it. Okay, so I literally trained my whole life away. Um, I didn't have a life for 18 weeks, right. um, all whittled down to 20 seconds on stage <gasps> in your bikini. What, like a pageant type thing? Literally or? like a beauty pageant, but it wasn't about beauty. It was literally just about how many abs you could have or how tiny your legs could be or how strong your arms are. Um, and it was purely done on how I looked in those 20 seconds. Um, they did didn't know me. They did. They they had done no research on me as a person before. I think so. I was twenty two when I stepped on stage. Yeah. Um. So they had no idea who we were. They did purely judging you on your looks. Um, but for me, it was just, I love a challenge. And for me, uh, at that point, that was what I wanted to do. And I learned so much about my body. I learned so much about training um, in the right way. And off the back of it, did a PT course um, to try and obviously just feel a bit better about putting and, and uh, a bit more respect from people uh, looking at my stuff going, okay, she's actually qualified to say this stuff. So I think now that that was fitness for me and now I, I'm on this like fine line of feeling like I can spread body confidence because I've come through uh, the, the other end of it, the other side and I've been through so much with my body but I'm also looking after myself and my, my main priority is my health and I want to be running around with my children at 60, 70, 80 with my grandkids. Like I want to live a long life, a long healthy life and that for me is looking after myself with food, that's looking after myself with movement and I have stripped it back down to when I feel like I want to work out, I do it and I go to a class with my friends, I make it more sociable. I never just go to the gym on my own now because like, and it's different, like Alice still does that but I I feel like for me it was my time out and it was very meditative for me um, in such a busy life and we all do in London um, but f I love just going to a class with friends I love learning new skills uh, I love yoga my mum's a yoga teacher yeah. so it's like embedded in me and I so I feel like I'm on that real like cusp of sharing body confidence but being like right girls we need to look after ourselves yeah. and and obviously health comes in all different shapes and sizes but for me I'm at my healthiest I'm at my happiest and it's so nice to just feel like I'm best friends with my body and I'm not bullying my I mean, my mind isn't bullying my body anymore like it's speaking really kindly to it so so how did you feel when you did that competition? Did you feel like your mind was bullying your body? Um, it, I tried to do it in the healthiest way, but and at the at that like stage of my life, I was like, yeah, no, I am. I'm sticking to that, and I'm definitely doing it healthily. And now I look back and I'm like, that was so extreme. Um, but I think I I I'm so glad I went through it. I I would never recommend it to anyone. Mm. Um, I I think it, it it doesn't need to be done at all. Do a fulfilling challenge that like 
challenges your your strength, your mental determination, like everything. Go like set out to do Kilimanjaro, something that yeah. is more than just stepping on stage for 20 seconds. So yeah, I'm glad I did it, but I don't but recommend it. <laughs> I think it brings up a really interesting point because I think something that we have confused for so long is looking a certain way and associating that to being healthy. And for so long, we've had this association between looking at someone that is in a lean or a smaller body yes. and thinking they must be healthy because of the way that they look. And actually, I think what Chessie said is, I think we all know when we're at our healthiest. And a lot of the time, being at a low body fat and being particularly lean actually disrupts your hormonal function. You can disrupt your periods, disrupt your cognitive function. You have low mood. You have poor sleep and those are not markers of health no those are all big red flags and yet you can look really really lean and and, and people will associate you with being super healthy so i think what chessie's done amazingly is to just change the conversation around what is it that health is it doesn't look a certain way it doesn't have like a you know a, a poster body type it, it looks in all different shapes and sizes for all different people and it it, it you know, it relies on things like getting good like good sleep. Yes. You know, living in a a, a, a happy lifestyle where you're socialising lots and like engaging in conversation with people. You know, the amount of people that are lonely now, and that's like a a, a marker of poor health. So I do think what what you've done is is amazing because you have just widened the conversation around what does health look like, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily look a certain way. It's true. The amount of people whenever I've had a breakup, or you know, you know the heartbreak diet, yeah. and you lose your appetite and. So many people come up to you and like, you look great. And you're like, I feel horrendous. This is the worst I have ever felt physically, emotionally, mentally. Mm. I can't sleep. I can't eat. And you know that feeling. I'm just saying because I think a lot of people listening will, will recognize the worst, the worst place that you've ever been. Sometimes you look what I guess many people would say is healthy, but that's not what health mm. is. So we're reframing what it means to be healthy. Mm. And talking about all the things that kind of go into that what is there you mentioned there sleeping mm. eating what else can we be doing can we be looking after ourselves in terms of facials can we be looking after our skin drinking yeah. more water self-care is huge yeah. I mean like that like I think you know taking time for yourself you know meditating I mean if you'd have told me like four years ago to meditate oh. I'd been like what up yeah. like, this is mental I thought it was so <laughs> cliched I was like I'm not doing a meditation are you kidding I went on two meditation retreats recently I've changed but it changed my life it's yeah focusing inwards on yourself and because a lot of this is psychological mm. as well our health is is holistic we should look at this 360 mm. right completely yeah so I think there's like there's so many different things that contribute to health and um, it also like I said I know I keep repeating myself but it does look differently to every person yeah. so people have different priorities of what they want to put at the top of their list like you know some weeks sleep will be my main priority because I'm freaking exhausted and I need to make sure that I get my eight hours because I'm a better person it. when I've had it <laughs> but um, some weeks is like life happens and it's not so I try and eat really well or I try and make sure that I walk between my meetings or whatever those are all really th like things that I would now prioritize over any sort of aesthetic it feels like self-care and wellness have become quite buzzwordy recently why do you think that is why do you think for millennials in particular this is something that we're grabbing by the horns is it that I mean it could go two ways is it that we've got more time to think about this stuff or is it that we've got less time and we need to think about this stuff I think everyone's just so busy and they're seeing people on Instagram going, look after yourself and do this and seeing people with face masks on. And self-care looks differently to everyone, I think. Um, like if, if someone said to me, go and sit in a hot 
bath for 20 minutes, I'd be like, that is not self-care to me just because I get a bit fidgety and like, that's just not me. Whereas self-care, I'm like, I'll go for a walk, put on a podcast and just literally walk. And that for me is like my time. Um, But it's really interesting with the whole um, beauty because I feel like that word has changed for me. Mm -hmm. I used to see my friends as beautiful as in I'd be like, oh, I love what you're wearing and your hair looks incredible. But now I look at my friends and I'm like, they're so beautiful because what they have inside and the way that they make me feel. Like, I literally will sit and, like, Alice and I have known each other for six, five, six years. Yeah. And I feel like we've really changed together. Mm. And I, I see Alice as beautiful, blonde, gorgeous, so strong, so amazing in the gym. <laughs> Both of you are. <laughs> oh, thank you. But I, I now see Alice as such a good listener. She's yeah. kind, she's caring, she's supportive. And that, to me, is more beautiful than how she looks. Like, mm. I forget about how you look because I love what's inside you. Mm. And I think that girls, especially girls at a young age, need to think, instead of going to the gym to to look good, like we've spoken about, um, let's go to the gym for what's going on inside. Like, mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be the gym. Like, I think uh, I'm so much nicer and kinder and more caring when I've had time to myself, like self-care, and had maybe just an hour that evening to look after myself, to not worry about anything else. And I'm a nicer person the next day. And I think that is beauty to me, like appreciating what is inside the person. Have you seen your content change? Have you had to sort of mould it a little bit more for the way that our mentality is changing when it comes to feeling good? Yeah, but I don't think it's because I'm doing it for the people that are consuming my content. I think it's because I genuinely have changed. I've had my eyes open to... Mm -hmm so many different approaches, different methodologies, different ways of doing things. And I think, you know, the time that we've been, like, if you think about your 20s, the, the, the difference in those years is huge in yes. terms of, like, personal growth, in terms of finding out who you are. You know, in the time that I've been blogging, I've gone from being on a um, on a musical for a year, touring around the UK, moving to London, living on my own for the first time, going through breakups and whatever, and and doing all sorts, and that that has really changed who I am. And I've you know found who my real friends are and got into a really happy relationship. And I think all of those things have meant that like my outlook on and how I approach all of the stuff that I now talk about is completely different. And I think we live in this culture at the moment where like. I was talking about it the other day, you know, I I used to be called Clean Eating Alice, for example. That was one thing, yeah, that was one thing that, you know, I had to go through and it was really difficult at the time because I found it really, really hard to be lumped together with all of these different, like, sort of negative... Connotations. connotations of what of what clean eating was and you know rightly so and that was terrible and clean eating is is not a good thing and I'm not for one, one second saying it is but my page was you know I just literally picked this name out of a hat and it was like this is what yeah. I'm going to call my blog and then suddenly I was like being on the da- on the Daily Mail being like who is this awful person like you know and and so I had to go through that change and the thing that I found that I could do for myself in that position was to to learn from it you know like we all make mistakes and we live in this culture where it is very much like someone says something wrong and it's like cancelled done off and I actually was like I'm not going to let that happen to me I need to take each unfortunate thing that might happen or each you know every time you you go down a certain path and it and there's a roadblock you take a different trajectory and you learn from it and that's what I've really really worked hard to do over the last few years which has meant that now I sit in a position where I feel like I know so much more and I can come at what I'm talking about from such a more um kind of 
well-read and and knowledgeable place. But it's not because I wanted to do that to get more followers or to get better engagement. It's because I genuinely have changed as a person. So it's following your trajectory and it's mirroring what it is that you're learning and what Mm. you care about. But by the same token you have a responsibility because you have all these people looking at your page and taking advice from it and and taking inspiration and motivation. And in doing something like changing your name because you're like, actually clean eating isn't right, Mm. you're not pandering to it, but you're you're serving the followers that you do have and who you you presumably care about. Mm. Yeah, of course. And you're right. There's such a huge amount of responsibility and it's pressure as well. Like, you know, I, I started doing this when I was like 21 and I was so young and so naive. And there are things that I look back now and I think, oh my God, I cannot believe that I did that. Like what? <laughs> oh God, like even, even for example, when I started, like when I wrote my first book, I just think, oh my God, I was so young. Like, I just think that's crazy. But, you know, it happened and I'm not, I don't regret anything that I've ever done. I think it's important not to live with regrets, but it is important to look back and say, I could have done things differently and this is what I've learned now. Yeah. Like that photo of us five years ago. Oh. Right? <laughs> I've learned how to do my eyebrows better, basically. Oh my God. <laughs> Haven't we all? I mean, Haven't we all? Eyebrows are one thing we can all relate to. <laughs> I feel like I've all been through the awful eyebrow stage. I can and like, pinpoint sh- where I am in my life depending on my eyebrows. Oh, don't even worry about it. Like Angelina Jolie has had bad eyebrows. <laughs> it's fine. It's been an evolution for all of us. Talking oh. about that responsibility and talking about followers, Chessie, you have a fantastic relationship with your followers and you share so many very honest pictures, a lot of kind of Instagram versus reality about your body, also your skin. Um, do you have high demand for that or is it that you just want to share that and it kind of evolved naturally? Which way did it go? Um, so I think the first ever real photo I posted and this was when Instagram was just perfection and yeah. I was the same, uh, I, I was falling into that trap and that's all I thought Instagram was. So I was posting the nicest photos of me, I was posting the one that I chose out of 150. Which and is fine. Absolutely. That's what, do, that's, yeah. what, that's what Instagram was back then and I was kind of, I hadn't really found what I wanted to talk about and I was just going with it and I was like, I didn't, yeah, I didn't really know where it was going. Um, and it was about two and a half years ago and um, I've really struggled with my skin since I was like 17 um, to the point where it was, I mean, debilitating. I literally could not meet anyone in a light place. I'd cover my, I'd honestly, I'd have my hair like curtains over my face because I wouldn't want anyone to see my cheeks and they were the worst. So it was about two and a half years ago I posted a picture of my skin at its worst and it was from that that everyone's like thank god someone's spoken about this thing like instagram i had not seen any real photos on instagram before then and i think i realized from then that i was just helping people and i and making people realize that they weren't alone and that i could actually use my voice to be it's it's funny you say big sister of beauty well mm-hmm. i feel like i'm a big sister i naturally am i have a younger brother brother and sister but i feel like i'm a big sister to those that are younger than me and a best friend to those that are the same age and older and someone that you can look at and go, oh, Chessie's been through it so I can get through it. And I talk about everything from my skin to losing my hearing to weight, like how I've been through with my, what I've been through with my weight. And um, I feel like there's something that's at least one, one other girl can relate to. And I feel a huge responsibility. Um, and I feel like the more our Instagram grows and the more opinions we have on our, on our page, obviously the more hate we're going to get, which I talk a lot about cyberbullying. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually 
actually really, like for me, my main priority now is just looking after younger girls and taking them through things that maybe they weren't taught at school. Like we weren't taught about hormones. We weren't taught about periods. We weren't taught about how to feel body confident, how to use social media because we all we had was Facebook and Bebo. Like, I hate to talk about it, but I remember being like mortified when I first got my period. I remember absolutely like being like, oh my God, I cannot believe this has happened Did to me. This is awful. Did you know what was awful. going on? I, oh no. Like, not even really. And yeah. I have an older sister, but don't. we're not particularly close. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it keeps changing. It's like, it it's never, so it's never, yeah. It's never normal. You can't, you can't prepare yourself, ever. But it no, still I shocks me right. every month. <laughs> yeah. well, I haven't had one for a long time, but it still shocks me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. wasn't prepared for this. It's so weird. Sometimes like, I think I'm dying. <laughs> and then I remember, oh no, this is totally this normal. This is a period. Yeah. Um, in in doing that and in being so honest and transparent online, I guess what you're advocating is acceptance, um, understanding that you are okay, that it's okay to feel down, it's okay to be different, it's okay to not be okay. Is that, in a way, a part of wellness? Yeah, absolutely. I think... Um well, when you say acceptance, I think what what the internet has become now, in my opinion, and I guess maybe it's because I followed a lot of diverse different accounts now and not just people that do look perfect, is I've sort of, I just feel happier in myself. Yeah. I think if you only see, and like it's all about visibility for me, if you only see one body type and one type of person looking perfect like I always love the quote that the person in the magazine doesn't even look like the person in the magazine and it's so true and if all we see on social media is perfection you know like there is a direct correlation between increased amount of time on social media and body dissatisfaction and there's a reason why because like all you're seeing is just these perfect images whereas now like I said I've diversified my feed I follow all different types of bodies and I suddenly just feel better in myself because I'm like it doesn't really matter how I look my body is just a vessel of of me living my best life (laughs) and like sometimes it's bigger sometimes it's smaller sometimes I'm happy sometimes I'm not I have great days and bad days but through all of that I'm totally happy to navigate that journey knowing that other people are going through the same yeah. rather than feeling that t- that awful feeling of I'm so on my own with this and I'm battling through every single day on my own, which I think so many people do still feel, but I think it is getting better. It's funny, isn't it? You're part of this community, but the internet can make you feel more alone than anywhere else. And in some ways, maybe looking at our habits online could be as important as going to the gym. You know, readdressing how much time we're spending online, who we're following, why we're following them, what we're getting out of that. Because it's a part of our mental health, which we must not forget is as important as our physical health. And Mm. that's what we're talking about, wellness. That has to be a huge part of it, right? Mm. Yeah, and I feel like the people that are using their voices on social media to to help people and to do the right things whether it's educating people with training properly and showing your career Vic and I think like bringing people in to what what you've done and how you've evolved like I I met you five six years yes it's been a long time isn't it yeah and actually what you were doing with the time was so different so different there's been a real evolution um, which yeah which is interesting I guess that's exactly the point isn't it yeah and I feel like now people who follow us maybe like say someone that followed you yesterday Today. Mm. They'd look at your page. They probably look at the first, I don't know, six images, the last six images that you've posted, and gone, "Okay, I feel like I know Vic." Where they don't see the work that we've done, they don't see yeah. where we've come. And and I feel like with Instagram, if I don't speak about something that day on stories, then it hasn't happened, and or I haven't been through it. And people just assume that they know everything. Yeah. And I find that 
I find that a little bit difficult because they feel like they know everything that's going on and you almost feel like you have to keep that, okay, look, I have been through this. This is what I'm going through. Otherwise, people just jump straight on. And it's funny, with women, I feel like we've really transitioned and I find this incredible and social media has helped this, that we transitioned from people thinking that women are bitchy and we're going to look at each other and we're all in competition. And that was like three years ago where it was like, oh no, they don't get on because they're women. And I think that that was a huge thing for men to be like, oh no, it's that like, it's that ladies group of everyone talking behind everyone's back. And I feel like we've really gone through this huge, like, like, I know you don't like the word journey, I don't either, but it is a journey. And I feel like we're all just this sisterhood that actually yeah. Instagram has really helped. Like, it's definitely been a shift, hasn't it? It's amazing. And I don't ever, ever see any like bitchiness going on in my close friends because we all appreciate each other and we're all going through the same thing. Um, and I think, I think that's incredible. Mm. You touched uh, just before on trolling. Uh, and unkind feedback since talking about what it's like to be online. Um, I mean, both of you, what sort of thing do you come across? What's been the worst that, that you've had to face? Oh, God, awful. <laughs> We've been called everything, haven't we? Literally everything. I always say my worst message, that, not my worst message, but my funniest message I've ever been sent was someone that was like, your face looks like a foot. <laughs> right. And I was like, oh, cool, thanks. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, some people have foot fetishes and they yeah, really like feet. Exactly. Yeah. But like, why, why, why say that? Do you know what? It's just like, Chessie, I think you, you touched on it, but it, that um, when people follow you, they feel like they have this power over you and they almost have an ownership of you. Yeah. And if you divert from their perception of you, even in the slightest, they're like, oh, what's she doing? Why is she being different? Oh my God, that's not the Alice I knew. And I've had I've had messages of people like, even little things, like if I've sworn, you know, like I'm, we're all human, we sometimes get a swear word in there on, on Instagram stories or whatever, and people be like, I've got to unfollow you, it's so rude. And I'm like, oh my God, sorry, mom. <laughs> but I do, I think it comes down to people thinking that they really, really know you. And it's weird in a way because sometimes like people will send you stuff and like the, the stuff that really gets me is like the passive aggressive stuff. Right. So it's not even someone being like an overt troll. It's like the kind of under the radar, like I really like you, but I think that, you know, that kind of stuff that really irks yeah. me because I'm like, oh, just leave your opinion to yourself. I mean, how does it make you feel? Because, Chazzy, you you're very open about not, you know, online bullying and the fact that you have uh, had trolling and... It doesn't necessarily make it any easier just because you, you're capable of speaking about it. No, I think I used to really take it to heart. And it's so easy to be like, oh no, let's brush it off. Like, And all of us have been through it. But now I genuinely just, I feel sorry for them. And I honestly yeah. want to meet them and be like, "Is like, can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help you? Because obviously they're so unhappy. But I have literally had everything. I think the best one was when a, and it really did hurt me. I was so upset about it. And someone had created a fake profile with all my photos um, but then they'd edited my photos to make me look smaller and said oh she looks so much better minus 10 kilograms she looks like she's eaten her friend um, at thick cellulite legs and all of this and at that time and it's funny it's how you're feeling like if you're having a day where you're like oh god there, there's nothing there's nothing that I um, there's nothing more that I want um, than, a, than a troll. And I've had it where uh, you've, I've 
been vulnerable and I've felt really awful that day. And then you get that and you're like, oh my God, what what is the point but in what, doing yeah, all the why? stuff? Why do you want to say such nasty things? Why do you want to do that? But my honestly, my three top tips is to to show someone who's next to you and show the comment mm-hmm. and try and say it in their voice. Like I did a thing where I basically did all the trolls' comments in their voice. I was like, oh, she, what was that? I've only just started following her, but she's already annoying me. So I'm definitely going to unfollow her. Um, and like reading them in a funny way, just like trying to make light of it, then blocking and deleting them out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And if it's still affecting you, there there are, and if it's really going to the extremes, I've had horrible death threats and everything. But um, if it's going to the extremes, there is an incredible um, foundation that I work with for cyberbullying, and that's CyberSmart. And they okay. literally put someone with you. And, and they can take you through that Instagram f- minefield of actually, look, we're going to look after you and support you. But it is horrible. No one should go through it. And I feel like when we were at school, bullying was at school. And I'm, I mean, it was horrible at school. But now, and we used to go home to get away from the bullies. But now it's in your pocket and literally you can't get away from them. It's, yeah. it's at home. It's at school. It's when you're on the bus. It's, people take their phones into the toilet. Like, it's constantly there. Yeah. So, yeah, try and try and... Yeah, use those three tips. They're really good tips, actually. I'm going to do that, putting on someone's voice. It does on a make weird you feel voice. so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on a lighter note, let's talk beauty uh, and, and also how your workout and health regimes affect that. So, I mean, for instance, I can only wash my hair at certain times based on when I'm going to be going to the gym because otherwise <laughs> yeah. we've got all kinds of like... You've got so much of it. There's just a lot. It's just a lot to think about. Are there any... Um, parts of your beauty regimes that are affected by your workout regimes because you you both you know work out a lot oh um so i have tried wearing makeup to the gym I mean like I used to because I used to be like oh I want to look good in the gym I do not care at all what people think of me now in the gym I go at no makeup spots out loving life and and I people don't even look people would never be like oh gosh she's sweating so much like I I totally own not wearing makeup to the gym but it does affect my like because then I'll be running to a meeting dripping with sweat still looking like a beetroot so you you put your gym sessions in between your normal day to day life I no other times right I literally um, that's tricky isn't it I mean it's jam packed (laughs) but I I I, I never I do normally like a, a morning so I have like a morning meeting then go to the gym, do a little class, and then kind of carry on my day. Yeah. I can't really do evening unless it's yoga. Um, and yeah, but makeup, like for, for me, makeup is is my, I love to express myself through yeah. makeup. And I absolutely love, like it's so therapeutic for me just doing like a smoky eye, doing my makeup. And I love that. Like Alice always says, like I've never known anyone to to be able to put on so like so many different looks. Don't you? Yeah, like, like you're so good at doing makeup though. Like, I, just I have the it. same look that I like might put an eyeliner on every now and then when I go out. But like that is me. What is, what is your same look that you tend to go for? Just like bit of a base, mm-hmm. bit of a bit of a concealer, bit of bronze, bit of blush. You love your blush, eyebrows, and I'm done. Like, yeah, but you literally. have eyelashes, and your eyelashes are oh, amazing. True. I do have my lashes done. And your blush, like, I'd never wear blush. Do you wear blush? I wore blush for, like, the first time yesterday. Well, not the first time. I went through a phase many years ago and then kind of stopped for a bit and just went bronze. But, yeah, yeah I'm back with the blush. Oh. You know what I like? I like a little um, liquidy kind of cream okay. blush that's almost peachy in colour. See, and I feel like you've got the skin that can take that. Because yeah. if I do that, I literally look like someone's, like, painted a streak on my face. <laughs> like, my skin just doesn't, like, absorb it like other people's does. Well, it's tricky because, as you're saying, you go into the gym 
in between things that you have to look nice for yeah. or you want you want to look nice for. And this is a huge part of millennials and their wellness and their health and their fitness is that we still are leading these very busy lives so mm. we're trying to integrate it all together. Do you have any tips? Anything that you should be putting in your gym bag? Anything you should be taking with you? Anything you can prepare before you head out for the day which means that you're ready for anything? I So I, I like Jessie, I've suffered with my skin quite a lot. So I um, make sure that like I, I'm also the same as you. I don't like to train with makeup on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have to like I usually see clients in the morning so I might do like two or three clients in the morning and then train so I, I want to put something on in the morning to see, see them and then so I will have makeup on but if I can avoid it I do but the gym is a filthy place people and if you don't know that now <laughs> yeah. I hope you know after this podcast that it is ridden with germs okay. so noted it's like really bad for like touching the weights and then like rubbing my face oh. and just being like mmm dirt <laughs> so when I finish training I try and go for like a Mr. Water cleanse like okay. just get to, just to just to like Get the dirt off your face. Um, sweat, dirt, all those kind of things um, are tend to be, for me, triggers for like acneic breakouts. So I try and make sure that if I can, I give myself a little quick cleanse post-workout. Um, <laughs> I have to tell you, the other day I left a class and I, ca- I was so red and so beetroot and I was literally dripping with sweat and I sat down next to this man on the bus and I got my cleanser out and I literally sat next to him and I was like, I'm so sorry. You did it on the sat on the bus cleansing my face on the way to a meeting and I was like I'm so sorry that you have to sit next to me at this time this is so embarrassing oh. and very millennial Alice don't even don't even apologise you're so right totally agree with you the Garnier uh, Masala Water is the one with some cotton buds it's sold in Superdrug got to be in my bag in my gym bag it goes without saying a deodorant yeah <laughs> oh god yeah sorry yeah, yeah obviously I, I, you know what it sounds like it's really obvious you say that but there was a while that I was going to the gym and then really, really trying to cram it into the smallest gaps in between meetings or in between jobs and going straight on. I hadn't showered and I'd shower at the end of the day or shower at the beginning so that I was, you know, ready for bed or whatever. But but just having that sweat sitting on my face for even an hour afterwards or even longer, I was coming, I was getting breakouts. Yeah. And it's so avoidable. Yeah. Just keep clean. And I don't even think about the weights. Can I tell you one last thing? That yes, is like, please, anything. So I get women message me all the time being like, my hands are so dry from the gym. I get really bad calluses. So my number one, mm-hmm. well, two other things is one, hand sanitizer in every handbag, in every bag, if you can, post-workout, give them a quick cleanse because ain't nobody likes to pick up a cold from the gym. And like I said, they're filthy. Second thing is then hand cream. Like a neut- I use the Neutrogena dry hands yeah, hand cream. Lovely. Very, very good. Um, to stop stop my calluses getting too bad from all that. Don't like, use those. Pumping iron, you know? <laughs> Just don't use hand cream before the weights because then they no. slip out. No, but yeah, post clean, um, anti-back. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Anti-back, yeah. Hadn't even thought about it. And literally, last night, I was lying at the gym. I was doing a yoga class and I was in the most zen place and I opened my eyes at the end of it and I looked and I realised just how much grot was on the floor. Dust and it was actually disgusting and it doesn't even cross your mind. Just keep clean. Keep clean, keep people. Clean. Just keep clean. <laughs> it's that easy. Yeah. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about your own wellness in terms of what just makes you feel 
peaceful. We mentioned meditation. What else do you do? Are you a bubble bath kind of person? No, you're not, Jessie. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, Alice? What makes me feel like, to be honest, I I got asked this the other day and it really made, like, it actually made me a little bit happy, my answer. But I used to think that, and I used to think I was an introvert and I used to think that taking myself away and having time to myself made me happy. And it does in some situations. But actually, the happiest times I've been have been where I've been with my friends and the best and the best um, example of where I've totally lost myself and felt my happiest is when I haven't been inclined to pick to look at my phone. Yeah. So mm. that for me is like, yes, I think taking time for yourself is really, really important and I do do that a lot. And I try and practice healthy selfishness, which is my favorite term. What is healthy selfishness? Healthy selfishness. Healthy, oh God, I can't say it now. <laughs> healthy selfishness. So this for me is, to a certain extent, saying no to the things that, that, that aren't absolutely necessary so that you can have time to yourself. Because I think you can so easily fall into a habit of just being like, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll go to this. And by the end of the week, you've, had, you've been out every night, you've gone to a gym class every morning and you've had no time to yourself. So I try and like fine tune. And I think for me... It's about like cancelling out the things that aren't like 100% necessary so that I do do like operate that healthy selfishness of taking time for myself. And but, taking um, that time for yourself can include being with your friends because yeah, you chose to do that. That's exactly. what you want to do. And I think not looking at my phone is a really good example of when you do totally lose yourself in like a social situation and feel, feel great. It's an indicator that that thing is good and you should do more of that thing. Exactly. You know what? Saying no is so difficult and we're not really bred to do it. We are really bred to say yes to as much as possible because that's it's seen as the affirmative, it's seen as the positive. Mm. But the no can be just as positive. I am rubbish at it and I am so tired all the time and I totally, totally know what you mean. Um, and yeah, I think spending time with your friends, again, underrated, but a huge part of your health, your mental health, your physical health. But I do, I do want to say that being able to accept and enjoy solitude was one of the most powerful things I've learned in the last year. And it took me a long time. Last year, I had like a load of stuff change in my life, including moving into my own place after my whole life having lived with either four brothers or... Sorry. Oh, my God. I just made up a brother. Three brothers. I just made up a brother. I have three brothers. and always have. Three brothers. And like living with friends at uni and then I lived with my, my friends like for the last six years. And for the first time in my life, I was on my own. I had a big breakup after 10 years of relationship. And all of a sudden, I was like, I am on my own. It's mad. It was horrible. I felt awful. And it was only through working through that and actually having to put time into actively Mm. working through that, learning to love my space, learning to enjoy it, see it as a sanctuary, Mm. and and, and know that I can be on my own, that that switched and became this thing that was actually really powerful. Yeah. It was like, if I can do stuff on my own, if I can be on my own and be happy... I can do anything. But also, don't you think when... You, like, I, I went through that experience similar to that um, a couple of years ago, and I recognised in that moment that until I was happy in myself, I couldn't be good good for other people. Yeah. I had to internally get myself in a good space so that I could then be great for everyone else around me. And I do think it, like, like that, that almost, like, self-work, like, working on yourself, I think... It's not. It's not self indulgent. No. I think a lot of like our mm. parents' generation would be like, "Oh God, self care. How self indulgent." Totally. My parents said it, but this is healthy selfishness. Yeah, it is, and I do. <laughs> I do think like actually like it's it's something that we all need to do, and it's not self indulgent, and it shouldn't really be seen as that, you know. And I do. I do think the more that people can recognise that it's 
to it will benefit every area of their life the better yeah. and and Jessie you mentioned going for walks I love that you said that it's so romantic <laughs> on my own <laughs> do, you, do you like no. time alone um I do I, I I'm the same as you I really I I, I struggle to be on my own mm. um and that was yeah about three four years ago and now I I love the 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 way I feel on my own completely like in the house and it's funny you say like creating that own your own space I absolutely love like we've just moved house and I love creating like the calmest most zen like I'm really like interior design obsessed you're a nester I'm a nester like we call it our nest Um, and I love creating like a happy space whether that's like lighting candles or having like cushions to snuggle up with or like in your bathroom making sure that all the products that you use are just like there in front of you um, and I like I love 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 going for a walk and, and that's actually why I live where I live because um, the area we have like parks and yeah. we have gorgeous even if it's just for 10 minutes like I think this like completely switching off and not even uh, having something in your ears and listening to things I think that 10 minutes is just amazing and like I try at the beginning and the end of every day like that first half an hour and that last half an hour I think is the most precious and I think that really determines that first half an hour if you scroll through Instagram and see like something it can trigger something yeah. and then for the rest of your day maybe subconsciously but you're you're in a state of like oh, oh god and uh, literally that <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> and then before bed if you have that half an hour and you're just on Instagram like I, people need that first half an hour and that last half an hour just to yeah. themselves to actually check in and go yeah I'm feeling good today or if there's something that you're not feeling good about like how can you solve that and that for me is a phone call with a friend it's a FaceTime with my sister it's like it's all different things and it is actually a lot uh, with other people and um, and that's something that I, I love just being around happy people yeah. not vampires though vampires that suck the life out of me. What are you talking about? Like, I call it, like, people that suck all the life out of you are vampires. Right, okay. And the people that give you life are radiators. Okay, great. Because they so, give you, like, so you happiness like, and warmth. Hugging a radiator, yeah. stay away from, from vampires. vampires. <laughs> keep, keep your steak near. Um, I have seen your Instagrams of your nest oh. and your boyfriend as well. Matt? Yeah, Matt. Um, I mean, it, you're right. Having your own space is it is brilliant. And making it nice, it's a part of wellness. Mm. And, you know, having lovely smells and scents around you. Um, I've noticed as well that you often use Matt and put face packs on him. <laughs> <laughs> Bless him. I have this blue face. We both have this blue face mask, Alice and I, because we see the same facialist. Um, <laughs> and Matt is hilarious because, like, he will every single time, and we've been together nearly, like, two and a half years, and every time I put the blue face mask, gone he's like oh here she is <laughs> and I know that he just wants to smother it all over his face so I'll literally I'll be like close your eyes I'll put it here and he'll just sit there with the blue one like what who am I with like who am I going to end up with like for the rest of my life I'm like me <laughs> okay well it's funny that you mentioned Matt and his face mask because after the break I want to talk about men and wellness because a lot of what we've said so far has felt very female focused we'll also talk about the future of beauty and wellness and sweat proof makeup see you in a bit got something you need to talk to the doctor about but don't actually want to talk to them about it 
then pay a visit to Superdrug's online doctor. We offer online consultations for more than 40 health services and conditions, from sexual health, including erectile dysfunction and contraception, to other health services like hair loss and asthma. As well as being easier and more discreet than visiting your local doctor, we can also prescribe appropriate medication, including repeat prescriptions, and deliver them to your door or local store. So you can book a travel vaccination appointment in the taxi or continue your contraception from the couch. Jump online to onlinedoctor.superdrug.com and select your preferred medication or test kit. Complete a short medical questionnaire and our doctors will take care of your prescription as long as it's right for you. Superdrug's online doctor, now in session. Welcome back to The Beauty of It All. We're talking about looking good and feeling good, asking the question, are beauty and wellness blurring into one? I'm still joined by Alice Living and Chessie King, and we're going to talk a little bit more about men and wellness in just a bit. But first, I want to do something that we like to call Spill the Beauty, which you both just got. And (laughs) I'm I'm happy you did. I'm not going to explain it. But this is the part of the podcast where we get to know you a little bit better. So I've got some questions. I'm going to come to you, Alice, first. Uh, Just answer as honestly, as openly, and as quickly as possible. I want the first thing that sort of comes to your head. Uh, What is the funniest or worst excuse anyone's ever given for not turning up to a PT session? I had a client that um, he was he was amazing actually, great guy, and I can't say who he is, but he was wonderful. And um, he used to fly all over the world for business, um, and so he would literally be taking like I remember him turning up to the session in the morning. And whilst it wasn't an excuse, it was the most amazing story of how he got there. That I was like, this is incredible. He'd basically flown to San Francisco. He's flown, flown to San Francisco, and then he'd basically diverted his flight back to London so that he could come and do his <gasps> gym session in the morning with me before he was then flying on to Madrid. So he'd literally come to London for like three hours got a taxi from Heathrow came into this gym session and then got in a car back to the airport to fly on and what? I was like what? you're my hero was he really rich? no <laughs> no I just think, he must have been no well I don't know oh god I didn't ask about his finances but um, I just think he was in a really high powered job oh my gosh he used to have like one. I can't even say what it is but he used to have one of the most amazing jobs oh, ever I'm all titillated oh. now can you, like, can you give us any clues? Um, Did he put the holes in polos? It's, it's, to do with, <laughs> yeah. it's to do with the royal family. Anyway, great story. Alice, it is a brilliant story. It's all well and good. But what I would have said is, you fly me to San Francisco. You fly me <laughs> to Madrid. I'll do my PT session there. It's I easier. Know. Or on the plane. The outrage. <laughs> the outrage. Yeah, business class, it seems pretty big up there. Um, okay, next question. If you had to pick one makeup item to put in your gym bag, what would it be? It would have to be the cleanser. It would have to be mm. some missile water. Get that dirt off your face. Because I do. <laughs> gym is a dirty place. <laughs> because as we've learned, the gym is a dirty place. Yeah, it would have to be that because I am, um, I'm not a clean freak, but I do love a bit of hand sanitizer and I do love a bit of a cleanser. Like, I just feel, you know, when I finish a workout, I just need to get it all off. You don't need to justify that. That is sensible. <laughs> and it, it, yeah, absolutely. And, and finally, what's been the most embarrassing moment that you've had at the gym? Oh, what has been my most embarrassing moment? Oh, I tell you what, I know what it is. Um, at our gym, they installed new mirrors in a certain area of the gym. And having used the gym for a long, long time, I know my routine. I was like walking about in my own little world, as you do, not realizing that they installed mirrors, thinking it was um, thinking that it was uh, like a through place. So you know when a mirror reflects and it looks like the the, the the room carries on going. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've walked what, straight in, like MI five, like <laughs> no, detectives. No. <laughs> 
But uh, you know, so the mirror looks out on the room, but the room repeats itself, so it looks like the room just carries on going. Oh, okay. so I thought they'd like extended it, so I carried on walking towards oh, the mirror, oh. straight into the mirror. I was like, oh my god, I can't have done that. I'm mortified. I've also gone into the men's changing rooms in many gyms as well, oh, like by but accident. That wasn't an accident. accident. <laughs> yeah, come on, now. sorry, Paddy. Oh, we all know. <laughs> yeah, um, it's fine. It's honestly, it's fine. Don't be embarrassed. We've all been there. We've sorry. all done it. Um, Chessie, <clears throat> I would like you to spill the beauty. Uh, and I would like to know what has been your worst makeup mishap? Matt doing my makeup. It was shocking. Your boyfriend. Oh my god! So instead of the fa- foundation, he he decided that my cheeks were the walls, my forehead was the roof, and my chin was the floor. So he was like, "Right, okay, we're going to start on the walls." And he was doing honestly, it was hilarious. I looked like I'd been in a fight with Anthony Joshua, and lo- <laughs> like lipstick all over my face. Like honestly, never again. Why did you let him? Why did you um, do that? Why? Because he said I. Bet I could do it quicker because he's like he says oh it takes so long to do the smoky eye thing and I love that and he was like okay so he was getting all these things out going what brow gel what is brow gel I was like, for your brows hun and it's gel so it sticks up your brows it really does um, what it says on the tin but it made him learn it, it literally he was like this is fascinating and that's why it takes you so long so yeah never again I like people realising that it's an art and it's something yeah. to play with and that it's creative and it's fun because I think so... a lot of people think oh a lot of guys think you're just trying to hide your face I'm like no 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 exactly I don't do that but I want to have fun with makeup yeah. and then they kind of get, get the get idea it. I'm Has enhancing he... my beauty exactly <laughs> Has he done it since? No, absolutely no. not. <laughs> it's a trend on YouTube though, isn't it? As yeah, well? yeah. Boyfriend does my makeup, yeah. yeah. Um, Chessie, uh, have you ever been starstruck by any of the celebs you've met? Alice Living and Vic <laughs> <laughs> You can stay. Ah! <laughs> I am um, not starstruck. Um, I interviewed Simon Cowan. He was so lovely and that was like five years ago. And he, he was so kind and I'm sure you get this where yeah. actually they only have like a minute to speak to you it was on red carpet but he wanted to speak for ages because I was speaking about Eric and he just had Eric so it must have been about yeah and it was yeah. just before they named him so he gave us an exclusive for what his name was because he, we just I love children so I was speaking to him and it was so nice and then afterwards everyone was like you and Simon like yeah. no he was lovely it wasn't Star Trek but it was almost like surprised because he was so nice yeah I think I think the, the nasty thing is a bit of an act and also yeah. definitely Eric has softened him has he definitely become a much softer sweeter is he your mate Simon Carl he's not my mate but <laughs> but he's always been nice yeah. every time I've met him totally Good. agree uh, and finally what would your autobiography be called I don't care what you think about me. Good. That's yeah. the song that you did. <laughs> I don't care what yeah. you think about me. <laughs> so Chessie to made all up the a, trolls. a little bit of a song online. Tell us actually a little bit about that because you had Davina McCall sing it. Just standard, <laughs> just easy. Yeah, my best mate. No, she actually, she's so funny. Um, it was it was, it was, was going off that trolls thing. So I was basically reading all my troll comments in the voices um, of the person I thought it was. And then, I don't know how, but I just started singing it and literally was doing it with less and less clothes on. Like my dad is like oh Chess can you maybe put your bottom over uh, away because you're oversharing a bit um, but yeah and then I just started singing it and I, it was so weird on the plane the other day I had all the air hostesses singing it to me amazing and honestly it was the weirdest thing but yeah it was um, just a little song that happened it's very good <laughs> very catchy <laughs> actually off the back of that I, I was going to talk first about, about Matt 
and his face masks. But you have mentioned something, and that's about oversharing. And it is a, it is a big part of what you do on your Instagram. You show your, and I quote, wobbly bits. Yeah. You know, we see a lot of your skin. Why is it important for you to do that? Why is that? Why is that your thing online? Um, I feel like the more I share, the more it helps people. And the more uh, it actually helps me and it empowers me. Like, I feel so liberated and I found this new lease of like, is it lease? I don't know. Freedom. Like, yeah. I actually feel like when... Because I used to cover up so much with baggy t-shirts and everything because I used to feel like my sole purpose on this earth was to lose weight. And if I wasn't tiny, then I'd be an awful human. And now I'm just like oh, I just feel so good. I feel so much better. And like, I don't care about, like, I literally came here with my trousers undone because my tummy was like, let me out. <laughs> and and I, I just feel so much better and just that I'm, I don't know, I just feel like I'm helping people. And if I am helping people doing that, then I'm going to continue doing it. Um, it feels like a realistic kind of version of yourself, which is very refreshing. And it sort of cuts through that barrage of, ideal images. Do you think that there are maybe too many fitness bloggers out there who give a very unrealistic version of themselves? And is that dangerous? I feel like if everyone takes responsibility for their voice online, and if you have followers, and it doesn't matter, you, you everyone... The reason I don't really like the, the phrase influencer is because my mum doesn't have Instagram, right? She is she has such a big influence on her yoga clients, her students, her us. Like mm. whenever my friends see her or my uh, Matt sees her, like everyone wants to be like my mum because she looks after herself. She's so kind and caring. Yeah, she, she looks incredible. Have, thank you. She's lovely. She's a superwoman, but she doesn't have Instagram, and she's still, in my eyes, an influencer because she, yeah. But um, I just feel like if everyone on Instagram who has a voice uses it the right way, and and I I don't ever look at people. People who aren't showing reality and go, oh God, I absolutely hate how they're not showing reality because it's a choice. Like yeah. I choose to share those bits and I choose to be vulnerable. But if they don't want to do that and if that doesn't make them feel good, you keep doing what you're doing. I'm just doing my thing and I've found my thing and maybe they're still going through that like when I first met Alice I was just like I was presenting and I was doing everything online just because everyone else was doing it mm -hmm. I didn't find my my voice until probably two years ago and that it, that was this now my priority is just helping people and going into schools and chatting to young girls that need that help and that guidance that maybe we didn't have mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's a really brilliant word to use there when you said freedom, because with freedom comes this power. You feel empowered and your videos are very empowering, seeing your wobbly bits and thinking that's how I look as well, because we all have them. Uh, but also, I, I guess, you just being honest about it, because a lot of a lot of influencers, a lot of um, fitness bloggers, they will wear makeup in their videos where they're doing their exercises. And as you say, it's totally fine. But where do you stand on that? I think that everyone has the choice to do whatever makes them feel most comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I think if I put myself in the shoes of someone that might not might not necessarily be in, in as positive a space as maybe Chessie or I, maybe make, wearing makeup for them is what they need to do to get themselves in a better headspace. And I think 
we're so quick to make judgments on people now, you know, oh, she wears makeup in the gym, oh, she's, you know, she's got her, like, body out or whatever, and 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 making snap assumptions as a result of that. And I actually think, this, if there's anything that I've learned working with people, um, particularly, like, my clients, actually, and something that, that I found massively um, has changed my opinion is, like, you, re- you never really know what someone's going through until you sit mm, down and yeah. you have a proper conversation with them. And the amount of times that I've walked down the street and probably made snap judgments about someone just because I think it's it's human nature we do do it um that I've really had to like check myself now and talking about makeup in the gym I actually think that a lot of the time it comes from sometimes just a place of insecurity yeah. I think it takes a lot of confidence for someone to even walk into a gym in the first place mm. it's not the most um kind of inviting of environments it's actually quite intimidating for it's a lot so of people daunting. yeah it really is. and I think if someone needs to put a bit of makeup on and put some nice gym clothes on to get themselves in a good space to go there be my guest Absolutely. I would far rather that someone feels great and is able to exercise in a confident and happy way because they've got a bit of makeup on than like you know get almost being judged for going with that on it's all part and parcel of using the gym to make you feel good mm. right rather than thinking of it in terms of looking good mm-hmm. so if if that's what's going to get you doing the exercise that's going to make you feel great then so be it mm. that's brilliant um and in terms of sweat proof makeup, there are a bunch of brands coming out now. We know we've got Elf at Superdrug. Have you tried it? What do you make of it? I haven't tried it personally, but I'm intrigued. I'm not a huge sweater either. And I know. Oh, <laughs> just, oh my God. Lucky you. I am the total opposite. We'll I'm do so a workout for us. And we'll do exactly the same workout. I'll look like I've had a shower or a swim. And Alice will come out <laughs> literally with just a face like Beating. drier than. Yeah. I'm like, how? How? I'm that like mm, friend that just literally, yeah. I've just never been a massive sweater, but I am very willing to try it because I think, um, yeah, I think it's great. I think like, you know, if, if like I said, if someone can go and wear some makeup that then stays in their face rather than running down their face when they're training and that's what makes them feel comfortable, bit, like, great. So when it comes to men, um, we, we touched on this before, but but do you think that them starting to take a bit of a grasp of their wellness is a phenomenon, a new phenomenon, something that's going to continue, something that you've noticed changing? I mean, Matt's cleansing routine is, yeah. is water. <laughs> water. It, but this is not including the times that he puts on your face pads. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, no, he, I think Matt's really found a transition, especially since we've been together, of um, opening up and talking about more things that, um, things that was were deemed taboo a few years mm-hmm. ago. Um, and that is from, uh, yeah, I mean, even just like shaving, like every man feels like he has to do it but yeah like Matt's ginger and that's something that when I was at school everyone would he used to get bullied for being ginger and I know that we can all laugh about it being like oh because I call him orange and whatever but that has affected him and I think that that for him is male beauty isn't it you don't really think about the comments that maybe he had at school affecting him now and he's 30 and they will stay with him yeah they do these things do stay with you they really do and I feel like we need to talk about that stuff because um, like for us as women we can support a man as a best friend or a man that is our partner and go I, I created a print that says um, instead of man up, I crossed out man and I put open up. Yeah. Instead of that whole connotation around, oh, men are strong, men are men should man up and whatever. Like all of that, when when you see a, a little boy, you're like, oh, he's handsome and he's cute. And then when he he grows up, he's told to be like this alpha male. And actually, it, you don't need to 
do that. Like now we've stripped it all back down and gone, actually, no, men are suffering as, as much yeah. as women are. They just don't talk about it as much. Do you think more guys are getting on board with beauty as a part of their wellness as well and, and stuff to unwind, whether it's bubble baths or face masks or, or even, you know, actual makeup? Yeah, I, I follow some incredible makeup, um, male makeup artists, or not even artists, they just they just experiment on their face. And I think it's so empowering, like seeing a man. I, I still feel like even though I follow them, it's different for me to see it. And, and as Alice was saying, I think the more diversity we see, whether that's female or male on Instagram and in real life, the more we're open to um, accepting yeah. everyone. And like, that's from abilities to disabilities to um, like invisible illnesses to people experimenting things that like three years ago people would thought that's so weird and now it's accepted it's becoming um, more and more accepted and and that is that that's a huge thing to do with i think m- men trying out what was seen as female things and female um, routines and I love that like that that's I love the fact we're all so different I sometimes look and I'm like how did we all start off as the same thing and now we are so Mm. different and that's so cool like that's what the world needs more of like people speaking out and going actually you know what and if there's anyone listening that is like I really want to try that but oh god I just don't really know just try it it, if it makes you feel amazing share it like speak about it you are not a like there are things that I've tried in the last year that was like I've never even thought of trying that because maybe it wasn't spoken about or things that I I don't know like it's amazing finding out new things at any age yeah I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said Chessie if it makes you feel amazing try it yeah that's what we're talking about merging health beauty it's all kind of blurring into one wellness into one feeling good and accepting yourself because if you feel good as yourself then that's all you really really need I think it's clear that you two both have such a fantastic impact on so many women and men making them feel good about themselves whether that comes in the form of a PT service or an Instagram video where your wobbly bits are all on show and you realise that it's okay to feel this way and I think that's the most important thing is that we all feel good so thank you so much for that and thank you so much for coming in and talking to me as well thank you Vic thank you for having us I appreciate it (laughs) it's been a lot of fun hasn't it and thank you also for listening Uh, and if you did enjoy what you heard today we have another episode of The Beauty of It all same time same place next week and we're going to be talking about drag culture and how that has changed the makeup game and we're going to be joined by the incredible charlie hydes and nick and sam of pixie woo i'll see you then